you. This is the day that you've made for us to rejoice and be glad in, and we are glad, and that we're glad, Lord. We are glad, and we thank you for that. Thank you that we understand life, we understand why we're here, and we're learning more and more the things of God. Thank you for being present with us today, for what you're going to share with us. Help us to learn your ways. Teach us, O oh Lord. Help us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, today I thought we talked a little bit about uh, the fact that you are set apart for God. You're set apart for him, man, for God. I know we have a lot of other interests and pursuits in life, but our primary purpose is to be servants of God. We're set apart for God's reasons, for God's will in the earth, for God's plan. In the earth, you know, we all can make plans, but God is the one who will will prevail in these things. He knows why we're here. You think about it. He created us. Uh, he put within us our interests, our abilities, our gifts, our talents, all of those things, and He did it for a purpose. So He wouldn't be a faithful Creator if He placed all of that inside of us and never laid claim to it. Uh, to make sure that it fulfills the purpose that he ordained for it. And so at the proper time, he sent his son into the earth to fulfill his plan for man. He sent him here as a man. And as a man, he was able to make the ultimate sacrifice for humanity and bring humanity back to God. God wants everybody saved. He doesn't want anybody, and everybody can be saved if, if we will uh, obey God and not judge. You know, many times we look at people and we think, oh boy, but think about what you were. You were the same person, you know, you, you may not have their rap sheet or their track record, but you were born in sin, you were a sinner and not, not really uh, qualified to receive heaven. Uh, in that condition and so if God can save you he can save anybody amen he can save all and so that's why the word, word says he is able to save to the uttermost amen so I remember some of the old preachers from the guttermost to the uttermost amen. So, <laughs> so God is able to redeem us and bring us back to his purpose the fact that we are purchased is very important. It's very important because really our souls were held for a ransom. We never really belonged to Satan. It was always a temporary situation, our being in sin. So you've got to understand sin is temporary. It just is. It's temporary. Don't ever get concerned about uh, you know, somebody, what they do is so bad. And when you think about it, I don't see how they could, you know, get saved or how they can change or how they can do this or do that. Well, that's because salvation belongs to the Lord. You're not going to be able to figure it out. If you could, you'd be God. Amen. And so we have to understand that these things are beyond human understanding. But sin is temporary. It really, really is. And, and I think if we would make, look at it the way God sees it, it's a condition of all humanity without Christ. 
they just are sinners and god has made a way for that to be uh, removed eradicated through the process of redemption or purchasing us out of uh, a certain a certain power uh, once you paid a price for something it's a valid transaction it's not valid until the price is paid but once the price is paid for something it is a valid transaction so we were held ransom and captive we weren't doing that because we wanted to mm -hmm. we were held ransom and captive now i'm not going to say people don't like sin to a degree it's just like anything else you taste of and you get accustomed to it and you can develop a liking for it but just like you developed a liking for that you can develop a liking for holiness and the things of God amen and so God has a, a method by which he continues this process of sanctifying us and setting us apart for his purpose when we're set apart for the purpose of God we embark on a new creation existence and this is totally different than anything else we have ever experienced before we're so different and so new that we are aware that God has obliterated who we used to be got me this is totally annihilated that old identity that old image that old person so we don't have to um, uh, submit to any of the old identity no you're a totally new person you have not ever been here before uh, once people understand that they understand that that death that Jesus died was him taking their place and it was a legitimate legal transaction man and that sin death hell the grave those things are only temporary you'll notice that as you begin to understand God more you're less afraid of certain things now, I remember when I was a kid if somebody died it was like you just were stunned like what happened and what's going to happen to them then you started to think about well am I going to die what's going to happen to me all that you know the questions and the darkness and the lack of understanding is part of the fallen nature then you come into the light of Christ and you begin to realize that that death is not final it's something you pass through and the more you confront that you know I see sometimes people have these spooky things about death you know superstitions and all that kind of stuff we don't like to think about it we don't like to talk about it we don't you know all of that and and so the more you come into the 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 identity your new identity as a sanctified and holy person the less the things of darkness have an effect on you you understand it's like you know nobody wants to die tonight you know you don't want to set a date on it the reason you don't is because you ain't gonna die tonight you understand so you have many nights you still here <laughs> you know so let's cut the drama there so then there's nothing else to pull any drama into your life about death and so you start thinking well maybe this is something I shouldn't be maybe I have overcome that maybe there is something some force living inside of me that's not afraid of death you got me it's not afraid of hell because you ain't going there 
is not afraid of the grave because that's just temporary. So, in in really, people who die in the Lord are in heaven, huh? They don't have bills. They don't have aches and pains. They don't have a job to go to. They don't have more years adding up and ticking away and all that kind of stuff. They don't have none of that stuff. So when you when we start to think about it, you think that's a pretty good deal. You know, have all that dealt with already? You know, the big the big question: How? What's it going to be like? Do I just step over? I'm not, no, I'm not going to get sick and die. That's just out. I, mean, I refuse that. So you know, it's just going to be one fine day, and I step over whatever. Amen. So you and see, that's part of your holiness. Because holy people don't fear the things of this life. They don't fear, fear sickness, fear death, fear any. We can laugh at that stuff. And so the, I believe the more you are given over to God and given over to understanding what his word says and embracing that and accepting that as your truth and your reality, the greater the holiness factor starts to grow in your life. So, and then the greater fruit you start to produce out of that holiness. The other thing that it brings to your life, when you realize what you have in God and what he's put inside of you, it brings a, an invincibility in there. Uh, it's, you can't touch this. You know, and, and so you, you are immovable. Uh, you can't be easily swayed. You get, by the things of this world, you cannot be moved and touched, not too easily. Amen. And so the enemy's tactic is always to try and poke and prod, see if he can find some flesh still alive in you so he can upset you with something that belongs to this life. And you think to yourself, what? I'm leaving all this one day. You know, I'm not going to get upset about nothing down here, devil. I, I'm leaving all this. I'm graduating one day. So then your righteousness and your holiness begin to drive your life, and it starts talking for you. That's what I like about it. Holiness has a voice. Sanctification has a voice. The Spirit of God in you has a voice. And it begins to speak better things than what you see going on down here in this world this is not the end of the story amen what's in this world is not the end of the story by any stretch of the imagination and so our our eternal life begins the day we're born again god has set us apart for his use in the earth because there is work to do down here there is earth work to do um, he doesn't want his people ever to get real comfortable down here you got me uh, he'll he'll make sure you get divorced your heart gets divorced from the love of the world and the things of the world and then and 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 you graduate into something higher it's not like the world gets stripped from you and then you have nothing he always he always removes one so that he can replace it with something better he removes one. He removes what's shaky. 
He removes what's unstable. He removes what's not going to work for you as far as his plan is concerned. And he replaces it with something that he can establish. Something that's eternal. Something that's built on uh, his word and, and the holiness of his word. You know, when, when something is holy, that means that it is without flaw, without blame. There's nothing wrong with it. For instance, God will see us making plans for our future. You know, everybody has dreams. They want to be this when they grow up or want to be that when they grow up. And uh, I'm grown, okay, so I don't have... I don't have no more of them kind of dreams, you know, but when I was younger, I thought I knew what I wanted out of life. I had no idea uh, of serving God or what that would mean or anything like that. And and then when holiness starts to come into your life, you start to understand that there is a place of higher living that God wants us to abide in. And so those dreams have to be sacrificed. They can't live right alongside of your plan of God. Now, how many of you know we try it anyway? Amen. We do. Because we think if, if I let go of this, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? you going to grab on to what's stable? See, God's trying to do us a favor by shaking us loose from it. If it can be shaken, that means it's going to have to be replaced at some point. And so he begins to shake those things that are not built on his word. Shake those things that are of the world. Because he knows if we start to cling to those and we start to put our hope in those things, uh, they will leave us. Amen. Uh, if either by the devil's design or by God's deliverance when he comes to deliver us from those things. We have to be delivered of everything that pertains to the world. Everything. So you can't hold on to anything that's of the world. Now what does that mean? That means that whatever it is that you possess, when you're saved, you can uh, put that before God. And if it's something that he knows that will be permanent in your life, you know, and I'm talking about your family members, your relationship will change, but you will still be family. You will still be married to Pete and your kids is repeat and three Pete and two Pete, you know, and all that. You keep all of that. But what happens is they are transferred out of darkness over into light. So then God comes in and he sets you apart in everything that you hold in your heart. Everything. That's where your possessions are, is in your heart. A lot of the things that we like in life are really flesh things. You can prove it because in about six months or a year, you don't like them no more. You understand what I'm saying? They come and go so fast. And so those things you can't set your affection on. Because they're so flimsy, you, you won't, they don't sustain you. So God would prefer to have you renounce that, move it out of your life, out of your heart life. And, and eventually it just goes, you know, where you don't, you don't know where. You don't care. You understand what I'm saying? These things, we put away childish things. And then we're able to move into the real life that God has for us. Now, what is that real life? Well, it's a holy life. We said that. We are set apart through God's word and through the blood. In John 17, if you'll turn there, we see a, a discourse that Jesus had. Preaching to the disciples, this was right before he was crucified. 
And he begins to share with them and pray to the Father on their behalf. And in John 17, I think it's verse 17, he says, verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world hates them. Amen. So you are in a, a land of enemy occupation. You are in this world, but you are not a part of the world. So you have to always keep that in mind. I think if we, if we can meditate a lot on, on the holiness of God and understand what that means in everyday living, we'll have more peaceful life. We'll have more purposeful life. You'll have a life well lived. You'll have a life that really you accomplish great things in God. If you keep in mind that you are a holy person. Now, I know we don't think about that a whole lot, but you, it is worth meditating on and worth thinking about uh, because that is part of who you are, you know. Um, holiness is not how you look or how you dress, but with holiness does come a change in your outer appearance. You know, I mean, modest apparel is part of the Christian way of life. We're not supposed to dress like worldly people because we're not after what the world is after. So so your dress really reflects what you're after. You got me? Uh, and, and you need to know that. I mean, think about it. Meditate on it. It's not, I'm not taking your clothes from you. I, 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 I can wear these clothes. God got me clothes. You know, we're always scared. We go, but with holiness comes a dignity, because as a as a holy person, you are a priest of the Most High God. And see, that brings a certain level of dignity into a person's being, just knowing that you hold power inside of you. To determine eternity, not just for yourself, but for others as well. Amen. That puts that should put you in a different. You ain't the same chick that used to smoke them. You know what I'm saying, and, it, and all that kind of stuff, and and you know, is guys, you know, the the kind of guys. Like, oh, mama, look at you. You fine. had them eyeballs that you could feel following you everywhere. The, the big eyeballs. Huh? That's not who you are anymore. And see, I watch people sometimes, they fight the holiness and the dignity of God. They always want to go put some stupid music on or, you know, try to look cool or, you know, do something different. So they fight it. They fight that, that inclination to devote themselves totally to God. And that's how they do it. They get rebellious and, you know, the way they look, you know, the dress or something like that. And, you know, just all kind of little crazy stuff. Don't fight who you really are. The holiness is who you are now. So we have to embrace that, you know. You really do have to embrace it. With holiness also comes a certain dignity that you did not possess before. There is something, you ever hear somebody like, you'll see a, 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 a sweet little lady looks like she's got, you know, 15 grandkids and that's all she does is bake cookies all day long. And then they'll tell you something, yo, I used to cook meth. And you go, huh? Yeah. 
I remember when we used to meet and give our testimonies, people told the truth, you know, about where they came from. And you said, huh? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, some still had a motorcycle and still had a they leather and all that. But there is a dignity now, whereas that description of their activity doesn't even fit the person that you're looking at right now. You got me? And so my thing is just roll with that. You know, just roll with that new dignity with that, that comes in. Don't let the devil steal that from you through temptation or or through you know condemnation all the things he does to believers to condemn us and to make us feel like we're not who the word says we are and and all of that and but then you're not trying to make a fake thing out of it either you know like uh now i have nothing against uh uh you know frocks and garments and stuff when you're ministering you know like some some denominations they wear the collar and you know that kind of stuff it's not a big thing to me if if that's what your dress is when you're ministering but when you take it on take it off just don't go live for the devil you understand what i'm saying because that holiness is a part of you that's permanent you have to walk in that all the time. You gotta, you gotta understand. You're holy in in the shower. You're holy in the supermarket. You're holy uh, everywhere. You know, sitting up in front of the television. You're holy. You got me. And so we have to embrace that as believers. You you can't keep fighting that identity with God. It, it has to be embraced. So Jesus says here. He says. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they are not of the world. So the devil knows who are his, and he sets up this animosity against God. It's just there. You know, people who are, are, say for instance, people in the world, they have their standards. Most of them want to be perceived as nice people, especially when they're around Christians. So they kind of tend to get a little low-key and put on the dog and pretend when they're around us so we won't get them. Really, they don't really like you. Let me read it again. It says, and the world hates them because they are not of the world. You either get a, you got to be like them to get a like. You got me? And so they hate you because you're not a part of them, because that's the way Satan's kingdom is arrayed. See, his people are more loyal to him, oftentimes, than God's people are to God. Because we'll compromise in a minute, you know, just to get along with somebody. As long as they don't drop us, and we just real happy. And so we have to understand that when we begin to uh, 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 get get comfortable and, and accept and embrace our holiness, uh, there's certain expectations that you have to have and then certain things you can't expect because certain truths cannot be altered. See, this is the truth. They hate you. But you love them. But you don't have to be friends with them, fellowship with them, be they boo or, you know, they BFF or anything. You don't, you don't cross that line. See, holiness keeps you set apart. Huh? And see, the thing about holiness 
is that they can be on their side of the line you be on yours and you interact with one another and this line is here but you're constantly on the tug pulling them over instead the other way around you got me so the goal is for you to stay over here where the strength is and where the power is so that you can yank them over across the line because trust me it's already set up what's going to happen in these situations amen the day will come is something they can't overcome and well let me ask you can i ask you a question about you know i don't read the bible much can it what is you know they want to get they want to get so they're coming over on your side you just stay where you are they come over amen you don't have to compromise and go over to them he says they are because they hate you because you're not of them amen you're not of the world even as jesus was not of the world you have the same holy spirit in you that he did and does and so they're going you're going to get the same treatment as the master see this is what makes a lot of christians want to compromise and go underground is the fear of persecution and the fear of retaliation that's why a lot of times god just sets it up for you to get persecuted and you don't have any kind of way to stop it huh you're just doing you one day and you wind up on the wrong side of everything you got me and so if you can remember who you are at all times because then holiness has certain benefits that you don't have when you're over there on that their side and siding with the world so there's benefits to being a sanctified person there's benefits to being a holy person there's benefits to being a child of god and acting like it amen and so god will will save to the uttermost so he says here uh because they are not of this world even as i'm not of the world i pray that you would take i, I pray not that you take them out of the world and so there's no escape for us to escape the bad treatment and the persecution but that you should keep them from evil amen in other words make them more sanctified consecrate them more make them more holy protect them so that when you come into situations where you become persecuted you will get the victory at the end i don't care who it is that's persecuting how strong they are how how great they are and i remember peter's prophecy when jesus was uh before he ascended to heaven after he was resurrected uh he told peter that uh when he was young he got up and went where he wanted to go and when you get older uh you know somebody else will dress you and get you up and, and you know and you'll be handed over uh to those and you won't have any kind of control over it so he was talking about how he would die and so i'm sure that rang in peter's ear because he was deathly afraid of it <laughs> when jesus told him and he looked at john he said well what about him you know tell him some bad news too right <laughs> uh, and so that bad news kind of followed him you know and and it seems that peter wound up compromising with the uh, jewish uh people so that he would not be persecuted trying to fight the prophecy that the lord had given him 
but he wound up dying that way anyway. He had a lot of years. All Peter had to do was say, well, look, that's how it's going to end. But I'm telling you, what's in between is a whole lot of living. So let's, <laughs> let's get this whole lot of living done. Amen. And so many times we try to avoid what we think, you know, we avoid, we want to avoid what's normal and natural for people in our situation. We're aliens, we're foreigners, we're not of this world, we're here, but we don't belong here. We live elsewhere, amen, our future is elsewhere, our life force is elsewhere, what we, our mindset is elsewhere, what we're about down here is elsewhere, amen. I'm sure it shocks some of y'all co-workers, you know, that you can be in a uh, in the coffee room and everybody be talking about what they're going to do Friday. And what, oh, and on Monday, what what you do over the weekend? I tell people, you know, people just trying to be cordial, you know, like, you know, you see them casually somewhere and, and they'll not know what to say. Are you looking forward to the weekend? I said, mm, yeah, sure. I said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm preaching twice. Huh? My weekends are pretty much the same. And see, they don't expect that. The world is not. But here we are, these aliens, and all of a sudden in a conversation where we're supposed to be talking about what bar we going to and, you know, our man and all that kind of stuff and where we going to go and we might go to the casino and then all of a sudden, boom, somebody drops something holy on them. Amen. So you're the one who drops something holy in every conversation you get into. Amen. That's your job. That's your main job. So you just drop that in there because somebody needs to hear that. I mean, even that they need to hear. They need to be brought back to life is not just about, you know, kicking it and tying one on and wasting your paycheck and doing all these things it's about more than that amen so even that little seed will cause people to think it's not about that so much amen so he says here jesus says here i'm not praying that you remove them but keep them from evil in other words protect them and keep them in a position where they can function as holy people as priests of the most high god and he says, <clears throat> they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them, holify them, keep them holy through your truth. Your word is truth. So a constant connection with God is what sanctifies us. A constant feeding on the word of God is what keeps us holy. A constant understanding and meditating on God's word is what keeps us as believers set apart for him, loving him, uh, living, embracing our holiness in this life and embracing our destiny on this earth. All of that, it's done through God's word. So Jesus tells 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 the uh, praise to the father that we would be kept set apart through the word growing in the word understanding the word understanding the 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 golden nuggets that are hidden in the word this is our meat this is what we live off of we live off of feeding that holiness and feeding that that spirit inside of us that is set apart to have constant contact with god he wants to know where we are at all times, hear from us at all times, uh, know where we are, 
uh, he still has that uh, child connection to all of us, uh, no matter where we are, what we're doing. It's, it's similar to, you know, with parents, natural parents. When your children are real small, it's like they're around all the time. And that's a comfort to you and to them. There's a connection there that, you know, we're a family. We can trust one another. This is, And then when they grow up and move away, nothing happens to that connection. You know, it's different. It's altered. There's more trust. And you have, you have pretty much little by little let go of the physical closeness thing. But that emotional and that spiritual and that bond never gets broken. You want to know how they're doing all the time. Now, sometimes you can be reassured about it, you know, just, oh, yeah, they're fine. But then if there's something alarms you or something as a parent, you got to hear their voice, got to get in contact, got to talk to them, got to know how they're doing. And so that's the way God is with us. It's a real father-child bond. He wants to be connected to us at all times, keeping us holy keeping us set apart, making sure we don't go back to the world, making sure keeping us from evil means keeping us from influences that would draw us back to the world. Mostly with Christians is drawing them back to selfishness. It's something about wanting self to live again. Amen. Your first step in being holiness was when you were born again. And your old man was crucified with Christ. When he died, you died. You just got pronounced the day you said, Jesus, come into my heart. But you were dead before the foundation of the earth. You were dead to sin, alive to righteousness. It was just acted out. Because God's word was given on it. You were saved before you knew anything about God. It was already set. It was, it was, there was nothing that was going to stop it from happening. Amen. If you're sitting here saved now, you were saved from the foundation of the earth. Amen. And so it just, just happened that you came aware of it when you came aware of it. And so when God saves us, he puts us in a place where we are set apart for him. That means when he calls, you answer him first. You don't put him on hold. You don't have something else to do. You know, uh, let me think about it. I got prep about that one. Yeah, uh-uh. you, you, you hear his voice and you respond. The Bible says my sheep know my voice. Another one they will not respond to. They will not answer. They will not follow the other voice. And so when you're a sheep of God, you are almost on the ready waiting for him to begin to speak to you, begin to instruct you, begin to move you, begin to tell you the things that he wants you to do. If you respond to him through prayer and making yourself available, just your confession, Father, this, do find me something to do today. You know, give me something. Who do you need me to talk to? Who do you need me to minister to? Who do you need me to reach out to now? And he will do that. Many times you get drafted. He just needs somebody right now. Amen. And it becomes a sovereign thing. Well, that's because you've been set apart for him and only for him. Amen. It's not about, um, uh, it's a toss-up as to how you're going to use your time today. You've already been set apart by the Holy Spirit. 
So you're like on a reserve list, on the shelf, kind of waiting for his instruction, for him to tell you what he wants you to do in your situation. And so when he begins to, to set us apart more and more with his word, his word begins to grow in you. His word begins to take over more of your thinking, more of your heart, more of your expectation, anticipation. You begin to live a life of, of um, uh, expectation of good. See, the more holiness takes over, the less fear, the less worry, the less pain, the less uncertainty, all of that stuff leaves as he begins to sanctify you more and more with his word that word begins to grow in you to such a degree that 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 begins to be your meat and your hunger in things you got me i I know there's there are times when i'll I'll just give myself over to the word and i say oh i gotta get me this other i want to listen to this you know right now i gotta feed on this that's holiness talking see your holiness and your righteousness begins to speak to you feed me Seymour Uh, feed me more (laughs) amen and so God begins to help us he he has set you apart so that you can feed on the things he wants you are different you are not that person that just came in and and got saved or got this or got that It, it is it is growing in you See, sanctification or holiness really is it's a, it's a done deal. It's a set thing. When you're saved, you are set apart. But as you yield yourself more over to God and to the word, that set apartness grows. It, it, it grows in, in you. You lose your taste and your flavor and your tolerance for things of the flesh. You got me. It just it just goes. I, sometimes you'll you'll look at at some things that you used to enjoy. Um, say, I'll give you an example, and, and this isn't anything that that I've done or I know that. But say, like something like Christmas. You remember sweating, getting gifts. Boy, sweating, having enough money to get everything, and, and you were embarrassed if you didn't have enough money to get everybody a gift. They want to, you know, you know, holiness will make you say that's God's birthday. And not that you don't give. Now I know it's stingy people out there, them religious stingy people. Don't mess with me on this one, because see, I know what I'm talking about right here. But it, it because you think about it as what it really is the lord's birthday you will let what you have made of it go you'll let all the stuff about the gifts go the money go where i'm gonna get this where i'm gonna get that taking out a credit card when you know you don't need to be buying nothing that expensive for say all that kind of nonsense you'll let that go and you'll think well it's god's birthday and we want to keep it holy holiness there's no debt in holy Oh, okay. So y'all know ain't where you live. There's no putting off not paying your house note that month, or your gas bill, or that you didn't already used. Huh? 
Now, you might be nervous about facing people with no gifts or whatever kind of gift, but God will settle that for you. If you're a holy person, you'll know if you offer that back up to God, God, this day belongs to you. You let me celebrate it the way you think I should celebrate it. Amen. And usually you wind up giving more. You wind up giving better. You wind up giving no sweat things. You got me? See, when holiness comes in, there's no flaw in anything. There's no problem with it. There's no hangover. There's no shame. You know how we will, God will gift us to be able to uh, learn how to do something. You know, like you can, you can crochet or you can knit or you can bake things or you can whatever, you know, with your hands. And then all of a sudden, that's not good enough to offer people on holidays. Huh? Until years later, somebody say, you know what I miss? I miss them things you used to make and give me every Christmas, and now I don't have them anymore. My old one is raggedy. It's been 10 years. And you understand what I'm saying? You were on the right track when you started. And now you got off stupid <laughs> on QVC and LC and... PhD and all them different places, getting in debt, run up the credit card, all that kind of stuff. Do silly things sometimes because we let the world take over. Amen. This world creeps right on in with its standards and its this and its that. If you're a saint of God and you're in fellowship with other believers, you should never want for anything. Because somebody around you has always got some surplus. And God will put you on their heart and they'll say, you know, I was thinking about you. This never looked right on me. In fact, I never wore it. It's been in my closet for the longest time. I think it's yours. You got me? And God's showing you, holy people don't sweat it. Amen. Holiness doesn't sweat. <laughs> it really doesn't. And so if you, you live holy because there's everything's right in your life. In your, in your soul as a holy person, everything is right all of the time. You don't have any problems. So he says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. And as you have sent me into the world, even so I also send them. So you're a sent person from heaven. You are sent into the world to live for God. And to fulfill the Great Commission and to do God's will down here every single day. You don't want a day off of doing God's will. You don't want a day for you. You know what I'm saying? All the people, that me thing, you know, uh, the me spa, uh, uh, all that kind of crazy stuff. I was talking about this little commercial I watched. This, I don't even know who this little skinny girl is. Her name is Tiffany something. She on Groupon. And she said, ooh, my, my feet and my toes is looking good and all this stuff. You don't need to be Tiffany for a day, okay? Just go get your toenail clippers and clip them real fast after you take a bath and go put some, put some oil on them and go lay down somewhere. Uh, you, you have had your spa day, amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know, you, you you know, you you have to be careful about things. The world is so easy for it to creep in on us and start replacing the things that are excellent in our lives 
with the things that are second second rate and second best. Anything from this world is second best compared to what God has for you. You know, they, they start to get pale after a while. I remember certain things I would do for myself when, when I was first widowed because I, you know, I was used to begging my husband for everything. Give me that, give me that, give me that. I had a list of gimmies and nobody to give me nothing off of it, you know. What do you do with your gimme list? So I, I started, you know, doing some things, you know, purchase a little something I thought would make me feel better, make me happy. Well, after a while, I had so many of them, they become a burden to you. And here's my happiness, huh? waiting for me to give it to somebody. You understand what I'm saying? And, and whenever we get off program with God and we start trying to make our own happiness like people in the world do, it falls flat. You know, I had a, I wanted to uh, I wanted to collect everything in every color. I don't know why. You know, it's just crazy stuff like that. Now I got a lot of them, and I'm getting too lazy. I keep wearing the same thing over and over again. So, this is the real me. You know what I'm saying? That other person I thought I was. You know, they don't exist. So I'm just shake it off. Now I'm down to the real me. So you know, probably. You know, I had a bunch of watches, and, and um, now I got a bunch of watches with dead batteries. So now I got to take them all out, get new batteries put in them for them to sit up there again. You know, so God will talk to me what to do with them. You understand what I'm saying? But any of those times that we we feel we need something for us, and we missed it because we didn't go to God about that thing like we know we're supposed to. We took our own way. You know, my little happiness thing that I did. And so uh, I've got to go to God now. There are times when I do need to do certain things to lift me up, you know, in my, my mood or my spirit. But see, if I get them for God, they'll work. It won't be down the road a little bit I'll regret that I'd stepped over and, and tried to make myself happy in my own way. So God, Jesus says, he, he said, for, his, for our sakes, he sanctified himself. And that's a family member living an example so that the ones that don't know the Lord can come in. That's what we have to do. You got me? God's counting on you to live for him so that your brothers, your sisters, aunts, uncles, parents, whoever it is, will see who. So you make sacrifices living the holy life. So that those who know you, and then after a while, it's not a sacrifice anymore. I mean, it is to God because he sees what you do, but it's not hard for you anymore. It's almost like normal thing to do for you, to live right, to, to make sure that, that if, if certain things, uh, there becomes a rift in a relationship, you got to put that before God, and God, I want to, I want that healed. I don't want that to remain the way it is. I want, and so these are the sacrifices that holy people do. You do it uh, for the sake of Christ's reputation down here, for the sake of people wanting to, if they want to know the Lord, or, or you know, it, there's an open door for them. You don't want to close doors unnecessarily. Uh, because of, of some kind of disagreement or misunderstanding or bad behavior or sin. You know, sometimes people just get angry and do things. They feel they have a right to do them. Uh, I was talking about this to uh, Tony one day, and I, 
I, uh, we had a situation with one of our vehicles, and, and one of our the re local repair people had uh, said he was going to fix it, and we kept taking it back and hadn't fixed it. Well, the part didn't come. It was always a different story. And so we were getting ready to go out of town, and, and uh, I found somebody who could just fix it for me. And so when I told them it was fixed already, they called me, well, the part came in. And then, and so I told them, I said, well, you know, we got it fixed already. We gave you three weeks or four weeks. They didn't do it. And so um, they were, they said, well, we, we paid for the part already. You know, they had to order it off eBay or something like, couldn't return it. And so um, I told them, I said, well, I'm sorry, but we got it done. And that, that was angry. That was the end of it. So then later on during the year, the Lord kept bringing it back to my mind. And so I went over and apologized. I said, well, I said, I shouldn't have done that. I said, to be honest with you, I'd rather we have peace. I said, we've been friends and, and I've brought our vehicles here for a number of years, too many years for us to fall out. I said, whatever I owe you, let me know because I will pay you today. And I said, if you would forgive me, I said, we'd like to keep that relationship going where we can we can be friends. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you can skate around and, and stand on your rights. But holy people don't live like that. We are people of peace. Amen. We don't we don't flaunt our rights. We don't we don't pursue our own remedy to things. We are people who are peacemakers, and you will never be a peacemaker if you are running around angry with people and standing on you. And, and yeah, I was in my rights to go someplace else. It wasn't getting done. But that did cause them to suffer loss, and God doesn't want us owing anybody anything. Amen? And so we have to understand that as holy people, there's a certain way you carry yourself in the earth. You are a forgiving person. You are a loving person. You don't have animosity. You don't distance yourself from people. You don't put up walls around you and cage yourself in. And I say that because that's exactly, you're like a caged animal. You're not, you're not a, a holy human being anymore. Because anybody who tries to penetrate that wall gets lunged on Amen. they feel the force of your anger and your wrath because you put walls up so that you can keep people out of them well holy people don't live like that we don't build walls amen amen we're here to reach the world for good reach the world for christ reach the world with the word of god and the love of god you know, you if you're a, a wild animal and you have to keep yourself secluded from people because you might get all over them, you know, where's the love of God in operation in that, huh? It just you just you need to understand what holiness is. You need to understand what you carry on the it's not worth sacrificing what God would have you do if you would live truly for him. If you would live holy for him, what what you have, think that you're entitled to is not worth uh, going after in light of all that God has done for us and put inside of us and what he expects us to do. We have to live every day fulfilling the expectation of God. And we're set apart for that. If he can't use us, there's nobody. He can't use a sinner. 
he has to use people who will hear his voice respond to him in the right way and who have the who are empowered to do the will of god and empowered to do good so god's word sets us apart we just saw that in john 17 and makes us like god amen if we do his commands and we live holy because of the word you live holy because of the word that you obey that's hidden in your heart when we're in the world obeying god sets us apart the fact that you do what he tells you to do that is what sets you apart in spite of how we dress or look and in spite of what type of work we do we are set apart holy sanctified people we can do the will of god so we blend into the world to a degree you know you're not some green-faced alien that looks different but when it comes to that line that god draws we stay on the line amen Uh, sometimes you know people will it's kind of interesting people will sometimes get comfortable with you uh and and uh you know sometimes they look at you and assume they can say certain things you know people cuss in front of you and all this kind of stuff that's a big thing people want to do and so if if you don't start engaging them and embracing that and going along with it you'll notice that a kind of they'll stop they don't they only go so far and see that's the holiness line that that they cannot cross they can't like intimidate you or pull you over something like that if you don't go over see they know they can't pull you over and so a lot of times the bad language will stop after a while amen it'll stop and they'll kind of straighten up a little bit because god always lets them know who belongs to him he lets the world know amen he lets us know and he lets the world know who are his and they begin to understand and it's not because you don't wear lipstick it's not because you don't wear makeup and it's not because your dress is as long and you look like a dugger you know what i'm saying uh, you know <laughs> long hair and the dresses with the big white collar you know you don't you don't look like that but it's because god is is protecting you he's sanctifying you he's keeping you from evil just like jesus prayed god is fulfilling his word and he will keep you from influence of evil doing evil crossing over the line getting involved in things that you shouldn't get involved in there is that line drawn and the people who are not holy and try to cross it feel it god has to let them know in some way that they don't go any further than what they go amen so he will we we kind of are infiltrating the world system down here so that we can bring glory to god we're to go into the world go up to the line interact with people in the world and pull them over you pull them over sometimes they don't respond right away but there's been a seed planted that they can't get rid of see the word of god is the eternal seed they can't shake that off or take it out your head or they can't do anything with that that word is going to produce i don't care how long it's been sitting there dormant 
and they don't do anything with it, there, there's a time for the, the harvest of all things that God has planted. And those things will be harvested at the right time. They'll start to work on people. They'll start to, you know, there's sometimes when people, people in the world kind of want to fool you sometimes. They want to pretend like they like everything that you like. But there, there, there's a line somewhere. See, that line will emerge where they'll know that they're not in the same spot that you are. They're not in the same mindset. And so they just like, mm, hits them in the face. And, you know, you just let them go along and do what they do. But at some point, you know, God will grab them with his truth. And he'll convict them in their hearts. And they'll know that they're not into it. I remember we had a, uh, we worked with a realtor uh, when I was first moving back to Cleveland and, and I would share the things of God. Oh, I know, I know, my cousins are missionaries. I said, well, what are you <laughs> besides selling real estate? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, those, I would plant those little seeds. Well, as long as I interacted with her, that's all she ever tell me. My, I know all about the Lord. My cousins are missionaries and all this kind of stuff. But I knew she wasn't born again. There are all kind of people out here dance around the things of God, been in church all their lives, you know, and they're accustomed. They have built up this resistance to the truth. When you talk to people sometimes and they'll tell you, I'm Catholic, that's like, wonder, they put up that defense where I'm not receiving what you say, even though I know I need it badly. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll want to tell people, you know, well, God wants you well. I know that. I know all of that. You know, I, I know the word. I know this thing. See, they're not receiving what you say. Religious people have a resistance. They're like allergic to the word. You know, they just kind of break out and start fighting it and resisting it. They resisted it so long. You know, there are some people that have been in church for years and, and then finally get saved. Many times, is, you know, an evangelist will come and do a meeting in the church. And then somebody on the, the deacon's board will get saved, finally. You know, because they've finally come to repentance. Somehow that resistance has worn down. You got me? Sandy Brown said there was a pr preacher, a pastor one time that got saved in one of her meetings. Amen? Hey, you know, these people, we put them in authority. They just get up in there and know how to talk to talk. Shimmy, shimmy, shama, shama, shuma, shuma, instead of, you know, baptized in the Holy Ghost. So there's all kinds of degrees of fakers out here. And so, but there will come a time, see, all those words that they've heard, seeds that are planted, all of that stuff, amen? That stuff will, it'll dawn on them, amen? Because God can't deny himself. If they're slated for salvation, they will get saved. But, you know, it's amazing the, the different um, wayward roads that people can take to resist God. Some of them are just straight out and out dopeheads, sinners, prostitutes, hookers, whatever. And then there's some in the church. Holy holes. You know, they just sleep around in the church and find them at a cruise and they worse than men are. You know, sometimes men are getting to church and cruise and look for some women to pick off. But the women that do it, man, Mess your head up real. You you wish you went to church and prayed. 
instead of going looking for somebody. Amen. It's not what church is for. For those of you who think you will find somebody. <laughs> Some, you need to pray somebody find you. <laughs> and mean it. You know what I'm saying? It's, God, just send them. Let them find me. I don't have to make myself obvious. <laughs> just they find me. So, so what does the word holy mean? What does it mean to be sanctified, set apart, or holy? Amen. It means to be consecrated. Amen. That means to be reserved. You are reserved in this world for God's use. When we are set apart, it is by the Holy Spirit and not by man, not by anything we do. When you're born again, you are set apart. Sometimes we're the last persons to be aware of it. Amen. But you are separate, set apart, and holy. We obey the laws of God and we follow Jesus into the holy life. So this isn't something you get from God and then you go work it yourself. This is something you're, you're set apart. There's a line and a, and a division that comes in your life that you do not cross. You have to stay on your side of the line. Sanctification is an act that happens when you're born again. But it is also a process. So the process of sanctification is accomplished first by his blood that purchases you and redeems you and ransoms you out of the world and places you over into the kingdom of his dear son. Then that process is further accomplished. You know, we, we're not done yet. It's further accomplished as we receive the word and receive instruction and walk in obedience to it. The Holy Spirit indwelling you is proof of your holiness. You wouldn't be holy if he wasn't in there. Once he's in there, use holy. I don't care what you do. Amen. We are sanctified for God's purpose only because there's nothing you can think up out of your little head that requires holiness most of the stuff we think about amen only requires somebody else's money another credit card uh, find out what how much we got on the debit thing how much we got in the bank so the stuff we conjure up doesn't require holiness isn't that amazing he lives in you you obey him but the ideas are not yours huh they don't come from you they originate with god the bible says that the works that we're ordained to do they're foreordained from the beginning of the earth so there's nothing you can do like well god give me uh um some extra stuff to do so i can get some extra credits with you or something like that i mean he hears your heart as to you you make yourself available but he just wants your permission for him to give you the stuff is already ordained for you to do amen now in the ordained stuff also includes the add tos there are certain things that that other people who are sanctified won't do 
and they fall on the set apart ones like god knows certain people are now if i give this i can give them only so much of this kind of stuff to do if i give them too much they're going to refuse me so then he enlists somebody who doesn't gripe and doesn't complain and doesn't want to have so much time for themselves and so much time to squander doing this that and the other that doesn't avail anything amen he wants us to understand how to set ourselves apart so that the holy things are kept holy and they're not jacked around you understand what i'm saying like if god gives you something to do you put that in a different category than you do everything else in your your life you know holy things are set apart things you don't lump them together with the laundry and the housework and the job you have to go to and the, it's not a list of chores god's stuff is in a, a category all by itself and it has to be attended to first amen first thing you do is ask god well god how do you want this done once you accept a, a, a task that he gives you to do now some things the anointing just carries you into it you know like if you need to pray for somebody witness to somebody or something like that once you step into that place of obedience to the unction it carries you the rest of the way but then there are certain things that god may call you to do that may take a little more energy a little more preparation a little more time or something like that and so we have to begin doing something in it to let god know we mean business he doesn't believe you're going to do anything well i want to do it not nope you don't come to me in that whiny voice i know what that devil is <laughs> that feels sorry for me i want to do it but i just don't seem to be able to get it together you get it together all right huh you're doing it for god you holiness is your get together you don't have to want to it ain't no struggle holiness is just this, this just upon you you just say yes to god put me right there and step into it and perform the doing of it you got me whereas in your flesh you might procrastinate wonder think don't mix up the holy with the profane don't get it mixed up don't get it twisted because the things god gives us to do we can do immediately with ease repetitively over and over and over again because he knows when you're getting bored he makes it fresh and new every time amen so so god knows how to bring us out he knows more than we give him credit for as far as being able to help us in living for him john 17 17 through 24 3 we just read the word of truth keeps us holy and like god that word keeps you that sanctifies you whether you feel it or not you sense it or not maybe you having a, a not so nice day or an off day or a day you can't just seem to get it together you're still holy you're still kept amen that that never changes never changes he doesn't take his spirit away from us you'd have to get i don't know anybody's been in that shape but you would have to get pretty bad for god to abandon you he said he would never leave you or forsake you you got me and many times people get saved and want to protest about they don't want to do this god told them to do that they don't want to do that how oh, this ain't right that ain't right yeah yeah it, you'd have to go way far down the road for god to kick you to the curb 
You got me? And so uh, Jesus is the only one world government that we need to support. Amen. Because the world will try to get you involved in the things of the world. We have a world, one world government already, and its king is Jesus Christ. Amen. So you don't need anybody else coming telling you about, oh, you got to get involved in this political and that political, global this and global that. He is the one world government. Amen. He runs everything. So anybody else that you would connect to would be lesser than him. You're, you're taking a downgrade. When you get involved in some of these other things. Amen. Stay involved in what God has you involved with. Amen. The love of God that gave Jesus. That gave Jesus is in us as well. That God gave Jesus. I'm sorry. The love that God gave Jesus is in us as well. This love is part of holiness. Amen. Holy people don't. treat people rough and don't treat them bad they're loving people amen they they are they appeal to you in the love of god they are uh people that can entreat you love is full of great wisdom so there are people who can act wisely in situations understand how to help people all of that there are giving people love is a giving force love is a part of god's holiness amen We are being perfected in holiness every time we get together in the name of the Lord. Right now, you're being perfected in holiness. You're receiving the word of God. You're receiving a deposit from God that will pay you great dividends in the future. Ephesians 5, if you'll turn there, because God has a goal in all of this. Yeah, he wants you to witness for him. Yeah, he wants you to... Uh, bring others into the kingdom those works are foreordained and in with god's grace and his help you will accomplish them no fail amen you you can't fail when you when you work with god and are yielded to his spirit but ephesians 5 and 26 it tells you the reason that you are being perfected and being changed by the word it says Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So we are being cleansed from the world. We are being made ready to go and live with Christ forever. We're being transformed. We're being sanctified even further. Amen. Uh, when people are engaged, young people are engaged, they tend to get more committed to one another as the engagement proceeds toward the wedding day. If that doesn't happen, there's something wrong. Let's call it off, stop the wedding, go back, pray, whatever is happening. But they are to, to form a, a, a greater bond where they have more in common with one another. So they're giving up their individual lives, their separate lives, and coming together as one life. A lot of that takes part during the engagement process, you know, depending upon how you work your engagement. I'm not going there, okay? I don't have time. 
but you know what I mean. You, you have a real engagement before the Lord. You keep yourself chaste and holy. You're not over it, each other's, in front of each other's face all night long, sitting up on the couch doing whatever. You know, you, if you want to have a real godly marriage, um, it's amazing to me. People can, can be close physically and don't know nothing about each other until you get married. See, and, and that's a shock. Because God doesn't want to shock you with understanding who this person really is, what they have in mind, what they mean when they say be married. See, and it doesn't have to be that way. If you keep it on a level of understanding one another, praying about one another's goals, huh? Trust me, you get married and you both try to live for God, all that praying you didn't do beforehand, you're going to do it afterwards. You're going to realize how serious it is. And it's not, not just a joke anymore or something to, to do. But, you know, wanting to be loved is normal. We all want to be loved. But there's a right way to be loved and a wrong way to be loved. There's a holy way to be loved. Amen? And there's an unholy way to be loved. When you are married to somebody... You have to find out where they want to go in life and make sure that you can either um, help it, participate in it, relinquish what you want to do for a season for what they want to do. This is a shared life. They don't die to who they are when they marry you necessarily. There's something of them in there still. And so, you know, my, my thing for Christian people is find out what that person wants to do. What, what are their goals? What are, wh- do they love God? Are they trying to serve God? Are they, are they called of God to ministry? What does that mean for you? What do you have to accept there? In order, when you get to finish talking about that and praying about that, you don't have no time to go up under those sheets with nobody. In fact, you would keep stepping. You'll say, no more sheets. <laughs> burn the sheets huh? that takes all the fun out of everything when you find out somebody ain't going the same place you going huh? let's cancel the preacher cancel the invitations oh they sent out already you're going to have to send out a correction then and say this ain't the one this ain't right and we ain't ready you understand what I'm saying you have to face these things you can't avoid this Sometimes people just want to get married, want it over with. You don't want to be like that. God has something much better for you. You said love your wife like Christ loved the church. That's a sacrificial love. You to give yourself for her. She's not there to do everything for you, serve you, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that grows out of love. Don't get me wrong. But you've got to understand, men, that your job is to sacrifice. I know that's a dirty word right now. Huh? But that's your job. Your job is not to be the man of the house. All this pretend stuff. and You understand what I'm saying? You're, you're supposed to do the heavy lifting. You're supposed to do the hard stuff. You're supposed to. That's why God made you strong. So that you can exude strength. 
to cover and protect your family. Now, I know it's a lot of women out there that will take care of you. And y'all stop it. You ain't that hard up for nothing. You, you understand what I'm saying? Don't get in that. If they ain't pushing steel or pushing a pencil or something for five or ten years, don't get hooked up with that. Well, he, well, he just that Burger King right now. No, Burger King been in existence for a lot of years, and he might be there for a lot of years. So you understand what I'm saying? God has somebody who who's going where you're going for you. Amen. You don't have to stop progress and get off the trail train for somebody. Just stop it. You know, women's movement, that's all good and cool. We're marching so we can, we can get paid the same amount that a man does. Why? So you can take care of him? So y'all don't like this. I don't care. Huh? I'm old school. I'm grown. Listen. Maybe there's something God wants him to do that it takes him pushing steel or pushing a pencil to get to do. Where you're trying to take up the slack and you're trying to run stuff. Now you're tired, frustrated, and crazy. Because you thought it was going to be all that. It ain't all that. Because it does not line up with God's will for you. You are a holy person, set apart for God. All the stuff you think you need today, you will still want it ten years from now. Doesn't matter how long it takes. You know, people get ahead of schedule because you know women and men work, and they say, "Oh, we can get this. We can accomplish this in in two or three years." Yeah, but at what cost? You understand me? At what price? What cost? What's being sacrificed so that you can get ahead, whatever that means? Huh? It's not like you, you know, a Trump or a, a, a you know, who all them other people, uh, <laughs> Gates and all them people. That ain't you. You're a normal human being, Christian, set apart for God, to be used by God first and foremost. Not you. Not yourself. Not something you conjured up in your mind that you think is cool. So Jesus wants to sanctify us with his word. Why? So we can be presented, perfected. We're going somewhere. We're going to perfection in Christ. The same way that a husband loves his wife like Christ loves the church gives himself sacrificially for her makes sure she lives a no stress no sweat life i don't know about you women but i've never been able to handle a lot of pressure you know you give me an easy life i see myself on a couch with some grapes and somebody peeling them for me you understand what i'm saying i don't see myself out doing all this nonsense you know and yeah, I got gifts and abilities. Um, they don't have to be used in the way everybody else uses them. Mine can be called up at a specific time for, for the easy stuff that women are supposed to do. Huh? 
take on too much of the wrong responsibility. And the world has done that to us. See, Many times Christian women cross that line thinking they're being submissive and helpful and all this kind of stuff. And they have crossed over and taken on more than God ordained for them to do. It's not right. It's not right. You don't like me, but it's not right. And you know you don't like it. There's a drawback to that kind of living. Huh? Don't get your nails done no more. Got to run, get everything else done and all that kind of stuff. Instead of being like Tiffany. Girl, my nails. <laughs> my skin is saying, hello, stranger. You know. <laughs> Tiffany got more sense than that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but But Jesus wants us. To be groomed as his bride. Take on more of his attributes and holiness. That is that places us in a higher place of dignity in the earth. You know we can do more for him. We can feel good about ourselves. Because we are transformed more into his image. Amen. And, and that's the life he has ordained for his bride and for women who are Christians. Amen. We're supposed to exude the dignity of Christ in the earth. Just like a a wife exudes the dignity of her husband in a marriage. You got me? That's why men are so appearance conscious conscious where their women and children are concerned. Amen. They get mad. How come you didn't comb the kids' hair and dress them before you you can they could be out on the porch just saying hi to daddy and he want them all lined up groomed perfectly dressed. Why? Because that's a reflection of who he is. You understand me? So you want to reflect. You don't want to be the boss. You want to be the reflection. Amen? Be satisfied with that. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you.